0: Now back to Moment of Truth with David Moses.
1: Element. Element. Element
0: FM. Welcome back to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. And my guest here on the show is returning... And it is Trina Mather-Samard, and she is the executive director of Aboriginal Experiences, and she hails from Curve Lake First Nation. It's a pleasure to have Trina back here on the show to talk about some of the upcoming events and things that are going on. And uh, specifically, I guess there's uh, something new that we're going to be talking about, Trina, I'm guessing to say, is that fair to say?
1: It is. We have lots of new uh, things happening, so very excited to be here and share it.
0: All right. Well, you know, I've been looking over the website, and if people, by the way, if you want to go and check out what we're talking about, if you go to indigenous-experiences.ca, you can find out, uh, you'll see the website there. Lots of links, and specifically, um, one of the things we're going to be talking about is the Madauki (laughs) That's the proper yeah, way you to say can it. Actually
1: press on the pronunciation yes. on our website as well, which is great. I'll show you the uh the way to say it. It's Madoki.
0: Madoki. Uh, Thank you. Yes. Yeah.
1: And to uh share the land is what it means. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, a new farm that we've moved on to in the uh, green belt of Ottawa and, has hundred and sixty beautiful farm makers, and we're, uh, you know, it's the host to all of our new on the land programming and festivals, and we're really excited uh, to be there.
0: Now, can you tell us a little bit more about how that came about? How I mean, that's a fairly large area. How, what happened? What's the backstory it, on this?
1: It, it is so. Um, you know, as mentioned, I'm uh, Ojibwe. My family is from Curve Lake First Nation. Uh, both of my daughters are major equestrians. Mm. Um, we've been in the uh, industry for a long time, um, and we had never heard of the Ojibwe spirit horses. So when we first heard uh, the story of them, it was uh, an artist, Rhonda Snow. Uh, was telling some of the stories and talking about her painting. We were just so uh, intrigued to learn more. And uh, we went down to Southwestern Ontario to meet a herd of the uh, ponies. And, uh, you know, I was just really inspired to, um, you know, find a home for them that, uh, you know, also worked for us. And we started kind of looking at farm opportunities online mm-hmm. and, uh, This farm was listed uh, by National Capital Commission. It used to be the Lone Star Ranch, like Mm. Lone Star Restaurants. Mm. And they used it as an event space for corporations and for weddings and that. And so we really just saw something that, uh, you know, allowed us to pursue that opportunity and be part of, you know, revitalizing uh, a rare and endangered uh, Indigenous horse uh, and a space to bring all of our festivals and events that we produce to life in a, you know, in a big open green space, which I think will be very uh, important in the coming years. And uh, yeah, so it just provided all sorts of opportunities. And we've really been um, working a lot of Indigenous culinary events mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, as part of our festival and we recognize that there's um, not as many Indigenous people engaged in like the growth and harvest and out of our traditional foods as uh, as we would have hoped. So this gets to kind of bring all of those pieces together for us.
0: Wow. Uh, what a great story in itself. So what you're saying is that because you were introduced to the idea of, of finding a home for these Ojibwe spirit horses, <laughs> It, yes. Yeah. It's inspired this whole farm now that you are using for so many other things.
1: It really has. We just thought, you know, originally we were like, oh, there must be a little farm space around <laughs> that, you know, we could find and bring some of these ponies to Ottawa and help share their story. And yeah, we came across that opportunity for uh, for this farm and it just opened up, you know, so many other doors and opportunities. And You know, why we look to call it Share the Land is Mm. we really wanted to kind of, you know, be able to share the land with our urban Indigenous community and Mm -hmm. allow, you know, community groups to come. And, you know, when we're in a city, it's hard to find that space. We've had, we've only been there since October, but Mm -hmm. we've had uh, Assembly of Seven Generations, an Indigenous youth group have come in and done uh, quite a few days of uh, tanning hides. Mm. Um, And, uh, you know, being by the fire and we've had uh, elders groups out. So it's really great that we get to have like public come attend our festivals. But we also get to like open the land up for our community.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, how many um, how many of these horses now reside on the farm?
1: So uh, these horses almost went fully extinct in the 70s. It went down to only four remaining uh, Ojibwe spirit horses. Really? Uh, yeah, they were wild, and they were eating crops, and so they were being sent to slaughter. Mm. Some uh, men rescued the last four and uh, took them over to Minnesota. Um, so now they are regenerating the breed. Um, there's about 150 of them uh, that are registered uh, across North America, mostly Canada. Uh, and we now have we have five on site, and we actually just purchased... Um, a mayor that's expecting a foal in mm. the summer as well. So by summer, we'll have six. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's nice. Now, you know, what's interesting is because I always heard that horses were not indigenous to North America.
1: Oh, that is the the biggest part of the story that we love to, so, you know, we, we call our Ojibwe spirit horses our, you know, four-legged cultural ambassadors <laughs> because our team of ambassadors, uh, you know, get to share all these stories right. of, resilience and it teaches a lot i think about you know kind of our world views as indigenous people wow. um, because uh that is a very common uh, a common perception that the horses came with the spanish mm. uh, and uh, our elders have always said that these horses were here running wild like the deer and the moose mm-hmm. um, you know for thousands of years since time immemorial and there's been a lot more work done uh like DNA testing of these ponies, um, you know, as well as you know, more scientific research on uh, on uh, like fossils that are found, mm. and so there's been a lot of work that's been done recently to uh, disprove that theory mm. and support uh, our oral histories.
0: Nice. That's wonderful to hear. Yeah, I've always heard, and I know that people use horses a lot for spiritual work, actually. I know several people that, that have these uh, sessions that they do with horses to actually help people.
1: That's right. And that's actually our purpose with these ponies as well. So, uh, we are using them, you know, to kind of tell the stories. Uh, we invite the artist, Rhonda Snow, who first inspired me, has been coming to all of our festivals, and she has a beautiful series of uh, woodland artworks mm-hmm. uh, that are elder stories of these ponies when okay. they remember them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they are part of our events, but our our purpose with them is really to use them in that type of programming. So mm. um, we're working on with another partner that's developed uh, TJ stables, where we got the ponies mm-hmm. and they've developed an indigenous uh, equine assisted learning program. So it's one based on the seven grandfather teachings and, uh, you know, our idea is to be able to welcome in Indigenous children and youths and women and, you know, our community that may be struggling and uh, use horses as therapy uh, based in our cultural teachings.
0: Nice. This story keeps getting better. <laughs> Thank you. It's just wonderful. And <laughs> uh, and people can go there. Now, uh, the first the spring event and do you want to give me the correct pronunciation is Siguan? Is that how you say
1: It, it? is. Yeah, Siguan.
0: Okay. okay. And that's the spring event and now, uh, now that's coming up and I I see that there's a couple of dates associated with that but is, are they the only two dates associated with that? I think it's March 25th they, through the 27th. They
1: are. Yeah. So we've been doing each of these seasonal festivals and kind of, you know, celebrating that change of season and what it brings to our community. Mm-hmm. So uh, our spring one of course is, uh, very based on the sugar moon and, mm. you know, one of our indigenous gifts to Canada with the maple syrup. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, so it's, uh, those are the three dates we're running just the Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, mm. uh, the event is all free. We do have people register so that, uh, we have management of numbers on site. Yes. Uh But lots of great, uh, we have, you know, theater and dance and music and storytelling on the stage. Uh, The Ojibwe spirit ponies are there. Uh, We're doing horse-drawn wagon rides. Uh, We're doing a lot of uh, maple-themed, the traditional boiling down process Mm. uh, in the log by the fire and making maple taffy and culinary yeah. events so yeah a lot's happening that uh, people can come and share in that change of season with us
0: yeah it, it sounds wonderful what a great way to spend the weekend uh, doing all that stuff now I have to say one of the things that you, you mentioned culinary and uh, as I was reading through the, the highlights I came across you, the the, uh, the meals you mentioned the sugar moon and uh, that meal with the maple barbecued bison meatballs mm. yeah. oh my goodness and maple peas. <laughs> (laughs) with bannock (laughs) holy smokes now that comes with with a cost of 20 bucks but what a what a well worth uh 20 spent on that you you know especially out just experiencing that outside and uh just taking that in what a great experience it sounds like a wonderful time for people to uh you know to really experience that spring because there's nothing like experiencing that because it's it's kind of like that welcoming into you know rebirth and and the renewal of of things to come right
1: that's it you know so that's why we're so excited with the farm is it just really gives us that opportunity we've always done the summer solstice indigenous yeah. festival but this gives us an opportunity to really you know share the land and, and introduce you know all those changes that the seasons bring and mm-hmm. it's uh it's been a great way to just you know find new ways to help share our culture and and uh, teachings
0: now as you mentioned, this is a new space for you. So um, this is, is kind of like a new experience for the people that are participating as well for this this time round coming to the, through these seasons at this point.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We just moved on to the farm October 1st. So all of this is uh, brand new for us. And, you know, this will be the first time uh, that we're doing this spring celebration. So it's, uh, it'll be brand new for our visitors as well.
0: And I guess the other nice thing that's happening is, of course, some of the a lot of the COVID-19 restrictions are being relaxed so that people can uh, can enjoy things more. Now, I do notice also you mentioned about uh, registration and that's a good thing for people to do to go to the site and register because the uh, the way visitors are being allowed in is through a staggered 30 minute window kind of thing, correct? It
1: is. Yes. So uh, and we did. Move back, we were going to do this event a little earlier in March, and mm. we did move it back to where the restrictions were lifting, so mm. that uh, you know we're not requiring uh, vaccine uh, proofs mm-hmm. and that that uh, we did before, but we are still trying to manage and keep it uh, you know people are just returning to these live events and mm-hmm. so we want to keep it as uh, you know safe and healthy as possible, so we are uh, allowing just a hundred people in per half hour. Um, the other events did sell out each weekend. So mm-hmm. if people are interested, I encourage them to uh, to register because we do have uh, limited numbers uh, on the site each each weekend.
0: And now, again, I'm, I'm guessing that uh, you, you probably because it's on a weekend, I'm guessing you probably get a lot of people that are coming in from out of town as well.
1: We do. Uh, it's it's actually been a great thing for us because with Summer Solstice uh, Indigenous Festival mm. being free, mm. uh, you know, we always had like 50,000 people, but not mm. really a great idea of where everybody was coming from. So mm. one, one benefit I do have to say of the uh, pre-registry is at least uh, we are getting a sense even uh you know we're about 80% local residents and mm-hmm. we're getting about 20% uh, that are coming out of town so right. tourism's starting to rebuild uh, a little bit which is great
0: okay You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. This is Moment of Truth. I'm your host David Moses. My guest here on the show is Trina Mather-Samar. She is the Executive Director of Aboriginal Experiences and you can find that online by going to indigenous-experiences.ca where you will find everything you need to know about what we're talking about today and many, many more things that are coming up throughout the year because there are seasonal festivals that take place. Now, Trina, you mentioned the Summer Solstice and uh, that's Something else that's going to be new on this this uh, terra- this area uh, and farm coming up this year, right?
1: That's right. So we've been doing it. Uh, our last live event, of course, was 2019, mm-hmm. and we were at uh, Vincent Massey Park in Ottawa. Uh, We've been virtual the past two years. So this will be uh, the first year that we're moving solstice to the farm. So very excited by it. It was uh, what we envisioned when we first visited the farm. So Mm
0: -hmm. how many visitors might come to the summer solstice or have come in the past?
1: So when we did our last live event, we did have about fifty thousand. Right. Um, considering it's June, we you know uh, I, I don't know what we'll be allowed to have <laughs> a visit in person by mm-hmm, then. But right. things are opening back up, so yes. you know even if we can have fifteen or twenty thousand uh, sure. join us this year, we'll be uh, we'll be thrilled. And we are going hybrid in that uh, mm. you know some of our programming will be online again for those that uh, aren't yet able to uh, visit us in person. So we'll uh, have a bit of both this year.
0: I'm guessing that that might be something that's probably going to stick around now that we're so used to that. And I'm I'm guessing it also uh, opens up the audience and the ability for events like this to go international.
1: That's so true. So it's actually created, I mean, we're super happy with the success of our virtual events. Mm -hmm. Um, We had over 2.6 million people participate online (laughs) last year, which is incredible. incredible. Um, It is. uh, However, it does present a bit of a challenge because there's, you know, as a free event, there is costs to, uh, you know, producing a digital event as there is a live. So now we have to, you know, somehow do both because, um, you know, it, it, like you said, we've just built this incredible audience um, that have, you know, participated and that we want to keep engaged. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've been really fortunate that uh, corporate sponsorship has, uh, you know, really helped us to be able to to do both this coming year and our partners and mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. look forward to that being probably a, a big part of our future.
0: Right. And do you have the dates set for that event yet?
1: Absolutely. So we are going June, starting June 1st mm-hmm. uh, for our virtual components. Okay. And the live event uh, at the farm will kick off on June 21st and go until June 26th.
0: Nice. That's great. You have seasonal uh, events that happen, and we're coming into spring, the Siguan Spring event. Uh, there's a, how do you pronounce the, the winter? P- Pibon? Uh,
1: Pibon. Uh- and um, we had the autumn Teguagi. hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, And so we did that one in October and people own in winter and, uh, and then we have this one coming up. So we are hopeful, uh, you know, we've uh, applied for funding and support to continue that series. It Mm -hmm. was something that we were uh, supported to do this year because we could deliver it, uh, you know, in a COVID restriction type of way. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, hopefully that's something we're working really hard on being able to continue and, uh, and open our doors more regularly at the farm for, for these celebrations.
0: Now you mentioned, you know, costs involved even with putting on a virtual event. And I'm just wondering now, so is there a way for people if they want to make a donation? In fact, I'm looking at a a digital gift card, I think right now online that you have.
1: Absolutely. And we do have, uh, we are actually going to add a donation section for Mm -hmm. the horses. Uh, We've been, Putting together that program so okay. that people can can kind of support the ongoing care of the ponies, mm-hmm. um, and another great way to support, as you mentioned, we do have a uh, that virtual gift card. Our marketplace is a big part of our live events, but it is available online, our virtual marketplace. Mm And there's over 40 Indigenous vendors in there from all across Canada. And, uh, you know, these are small businesses who used to travel the powwow trail and set up and, you know, it was their livelihood. And it's uh, obviously been very challenging for them the last couple of years. So, You know, a great way to support multiple small Indigenous businesses is through the marketplace.
0: Right, and if people want to look at the space, I guess they can probably Google it. But the Medowki Farm is located at four 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 two zero West Hunt Club Road in Ottawa. If people want to register, there's a if they go to Indigenous Experience ca site and then just scroll through you'll see that there's uh there's many things you can click on and pull down and then you can get to the appropriate area that you want to look at and you can register uh, with a button there as well. As we mentioned, there's some great stuff going on uh, throughout these festivals. So a good idea, if you're thinking about going, that you you should do it sooner rather than later. Uh, try to make all those arrangements so that you don't mo- uh, miss out. Because there will be some restrictions still, as mentioned, uh, kept in place. A staggered entry of 30 minutes uh, windows. And... Um, it takes about two to three hours, I understand, to go through is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, that's what we're, you know, we do have some that like to stay and enjoy the day. But yeah. I think to be able to catch most of the, you know, programming and interact and shop that at least a two to three hours is it.
0: Yeah. You mentioned the culinary experience. You've got the painting workshops. You've got beading workshops as well. The Indigenous Marketplace, which you pointed out because there's these uh, these wonderful marketers that uh, that bring their Indigenous wares and, and uh, set up shop mm-hmm. there. And then of course you can always know what can people do with the Ojibwe horses, the spirit horses now, are they able to interact with them or are they just wandering out in the fields? And
1: Yes. Yeah, so, uh, they do. We, we have one who's quite friendly who we mm. bring out on the lead and everybody <laughs> likes to pet, snuggle and selfie with her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's great.
1: Um, and, uh, and we have the four boys in the field. Uh, they come up quite often to interact, but, uh, I swear they, they save it for our festival weekends to put on some real shows. Everybody's always, you know, capturing footage of them running and rearing and playing. They're quite Mm -hmm. playful. Um, So, uh, yeah, so we do have, you know, where you can kind of meet and touch and, but uh, a big part of what we have at the festival Uh, in addition to seeing them, is the stories and the Mm. art of Rhonda Snow. Mm. So she goes on the stage three times a day and she does these beautiful paintings. And it's all of our elders' uh, memories and stories of these ponies when they were wild. Mm. And so it's kind of all of her traditional knowledge, but, you know, shared with these beautiful, colorful Uh, you know, images. And Mm -hmm. so there's both the meeting the ponies and you get to learn uh, some of the history on them too.
0: Right. Right. Nice. That sounds great. And plus uh, for this specific uh, spring festival, you do get to uh, actually take part in the traditional maple syrup making demonstration. You make make, uh, maple syrup taffy. That's that's great in itself. Um, And I'm guessing you're tapping the trees locally, of course.
1: Uh, We are not. Actually, out out of all that property we have, there is no maple, uh, amazingly. However, a big, uh, you know, part of what we try and do is support Indigenous. So Mm -hmm. it is all Indigenous sourced. Uh, You know, the maple that's cooked with the beans and with the meatballs is Indigenous sourced and tapped Mm -hmm. uh, uh, maple syrup as well as. You know everything that we'll be demonstrating mm-hmm. even the beans as part of the meal they're mm-hmm. actually traditional beans Ooh. grown in thai and Danaga, nice uh by one of our suppliers so although we cannot tap ourselves we ensure <laughs> that uh that we're supporting that indigenous product
0: as yeah well. yeah great is there anything else you want to share about the upcoming uh summer solstice for this year
1: so we haven't released anything on it yet okay. uh, other than the dates I just shared with you, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's, uh, we're so excited to be able to plan a live event at that scale again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have so many exciting, you know, we've really, with the property that we have to work with now at the farm, mm-hmm. you know, we're able to just create all these really unique programming spaces and ways on the land to engage our audience. So mm-hmm. it'll be a completely different, uh, uh, improved experience even to when uh, our audience joined us at Vincent Massey. So a lot of the main things returning, like our, pow- you know, having our competition powwow, mm. you know, interactive arts and crafts type, uh, you know, workshops and right. demonstrations, family fun zone, lots of culinary and lots of vendors, um, you know, and education day returning for students, but, you know, all kind of in new ways, you know, spread out on the farm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Now you mentioned the stage area earlier, and Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering, because this was a space that was used previously for, I guess, similar kind of events, does that mean that the stage was already there or is this something you had to... No,
1: it it was. Ah. So, you know, they had really interesting spaces on this farm when Mm -hmm. it was the Lone Star. So they ran it kind of like a a dude ranch. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And uh, they have a pavilion. So we have like an indoor space that accommodates a couple hundred. That's, uh, you know, a really nice pavilion with fireplace and they had put a uh, covered stage on the side of the barn that they used for performances. Okay, um, They have like a wedding chapel area in the forest mm. with benches that, mm. you know, we can use for elders and storytelling and, you know, big seated campfire areas and where we're having our powwow now is a, a big green space mm. that they had um, a baseball diamond and soccer field in. Mm. So, they had all these kind of event spaces that were just able to repurpose for us. <laughs> yeah.
0: And now, is this a space that you're renting, you're leasing, or, or is it something you now own?
1: Uh, we are leasing. So, okay. it's owned by National Capital Commission. Yep. Okay. They kind of own all the green space in, uh, in Ottawa. <laughs> and we have a 25-year lease.
0: Oh, nice. And, and yeah. how close <laughs> is it to the city itself?
1: It, that's the best part of this farm is it's right in the green belt mm-hmm. um so it's right on hunt club road yep. and highway 416 like it's mm. the farm runs all the way to the 416 mm. um so it's uh extremely close and except like maybe it's under 15 minutes right into downtown ottawa wow
0: that's great yeah that.
1: so it's uh it's a very accessible great uh space we will uh, be doing shuttles for summer solstice because mm. it's a much larger audience and mm-hmm. we don't have uh, enough parking to accommodate, but mm-hmm. we are going to have
0: convenient shuttle locations as well. That sounds wonderful, Trina. Congratulations on this site. Thank you, you. you sound excited. I'm sure that everybody uh-huh. there is excited about this uh, new space and all the wonderful things that it's going to be providing.
1: Yeah, we are. We're, I, I, There are so many opportunities and, you know, we've been engaging so many partners and, you know, I think each year we're just going to be able to build upon this and it's really, it's really great.
0: And it all came out of trying to find a home for some Ojibwe. Isn't
1: that crazy? Yeah. We went to go visit those ponies and we're like, we need some farm space. That's what we need. Well,
0: they came through for you. There you go. They came through for you. That's wonderful. Trina, thank you so much for taking the time to join me on the show and share this wonderful news and uh, encourage people to get out there at the new location that you're talking about. And uh, that is the Madauki Farm.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Miigwech.
0: Okay. Jimmy Miigwech to you and you take care. And that is Trina Mather-Samar. She is from Curve Lake First Nation and she is the Executive Director of Aboriginal Experiences. A pleasure to have her on the show. That is our show for today. I'm David Moses. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again tomorrow. This has been Moment of Truth with David Moses.
1: Element. Element. Element FM.